Hello, welcome to Currently Trending, Harper's Bazaar Arabia's weekly podcast series. I'm Millie Midwood, the digital editor here at Harper's. And I'm Elizabeth, the social media manager. In this series, we'll be interviewing some of the region's most prolific shapeshifters, chatting to the new generation of Arab women and finding out what makes the world of fashion, beauty and celebrity in the Middle East. Welcome back to Currently Trending, brought to you today from the Mawad Boutique in the Dubai Mall. Today, we're here for a private viewing of the record-breaking Mawad Dragon, which is sitting in front of me and it is absolutely incredible. It's the largest round, brilliant, vivid yellow diamond, wow, (laughs) in the world. But I'm not going to talk too much about the diamond myself because I am also joined by Pascal Moad. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, so I want to start right back at the beginning first before we talk about the diamond, especially for any of our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with the brand. So can you tell me about the Mawad brand and who is the Mawad woman? Sure. So the Mawad brand has been in existence since 1890. So we are 129 years of age. It's a family-run, family-owned business, four generations. My great-grandfather, David, started the business, left his homeland, Lebanon, went to the U.S. and Mexico, became a watchmaker, went back to his home country, started his own little workshop, and then his son, Fayez, decided to leave his native country and expand outside Lebanon. At that time, about 65 years ago, Saudi Arabia was a booming country, and Fayez decided to go to Saudi Arabia to try his chances. He got there by boat, became the first and only foreigner to be able to operate a jewelry store in the country, got very close to the king at the time, and became friends of the king, and at the same time became the jeweler to the royal family. So my grandfather Fayez was a jeweler to the Saudi royal, royal family at that time. And then my father Robert, his son, at that time decided to go to medical school in Paris. And his family convinced him to go back and help his father run the business. So my father picked up the reins of the business about 45, I would say 50 years ago. And he took it from a two-store operation to a multinational corporation all over the world. So Robert is really the driving force behind the Mawad brand, did an amazing job at building the company, take it to new horizons, and setting Mawad on the map of jewelers to royalty and to the elite. My father retired in 2010. He handed the business to my brothers, Fred, Allen, and I to run the business and today we're the fourth generation and we call each other core guardians. We're the gatekeepers of the brand and our job now is to take the company to the next level. So this is pretty much the history of the company. Our DNA is aspirational jewelry. Uh, Our tagline is creating the and crafting the extraordinary. So the woman that wears our pieces is a woman that's very sophisticated, the woman who loves very high-end pieces, who's a connoisseur, who's a collector of these exceptional diamonds that are extremely hard to find nowadays. So we cater to that market, to the ultra high net worth individual. We cater to the elite, to royal members of families around the world. And we're very proud of what we do and what we create. So obviously it's 
a brand that's been in your family, did you know that this was something that you always wanted to do? And what, um, because you you run the company with your two brothers, what is your role specifically? So as a child, I was brought up uh, in our factories. My father used to take my brothers and I to our factories all over the world, from Italy to this part of the world as well. We used to sort diamonds as a kid. We were put behind the bench. We were taken to different destinations to look at the way he bought I can't stones. imagine that kind of childhood surrounded yes. by diamonds. <laughs> it, was, it was spectacular, yeah. you know. So we always knew pretty much that we would be in the family business. Mm. The question was when? And that uh, answer we did not know until 2010 when my father decided that it was time for the fourth generation to take over the business. Now, he was alone. He had his brothers with him. And throughout the years, he bought his brothers out and he became the sole owner and president of the company. In today's generation, there's three of us. So we each have a title, which is the same. It's called Core Guardian. Mm -hmm. Core Guardian meaning we're the gatekeepers of the brand. And every brother has a separate responsibility. So I'm today the Core Guardian of the retail division. So I look after all the front end, all the retail stores, the marketing, the sales, IT and various other departments. My brother, Fred, who is based in Thailand, in Asia, he looks after the diamond division. He's the diamond division core guardian. Fred has been collecting gemstones and buying gemstones at a, from a very early age. He's an expert, he's extremely knowledgeable in the acquisition of rough and cutting. So that's really his expertise and that's what he's handling right now, the back end. My brother, Alan, is based in Geneva, Switzerland, which is the capital of the Switch watchmaking industry. And he's always been a passionate about the watch world. And he's also an artist as well. So he's handling the watch division. So Alan, watch division, Fred, diamond division, Pascal, retail, and the three of us run the business. We have a professional management team that runs a day-to-day -day operation. And we sit at the board level. We control the business, both on the supply side and the sales side. We derive and conceive strategy. We handle finances, but our team on the ground really does the day-to-day -day operation. And they're doing a fantastic job for us. So you're based in Los Angeles and you have a brother in Switzerland and another brother in Thailand. Correct. How, how often do you see each other? So we do see each other quite a bit. We have quarterly meetings, um, board meetings that we all attend. So we see each other at least four times a year for the business. That being said, we also have a family vacation that is a must for the family. So we Aww. we meet twice a year, Christmas and New Year's with our parents. Mm -hmm. And also, we also meet during the summer every year. So we meet twice a year as a family for family reasons. We meet at least four times a year for board meetings. In the interim, we do cross path. We do speak on the phone quite a bit. Um, Fred and I are part of YPO, Young Presence Organization. And as part of the YPO, there's the executive education side. And so we also attend the top business schools in the world two to three weeks a year. So we came back from Colombia in May. We did Stanford in June. And we're doing INSEAD in Singapore in October. So wow. I do see my brothers quite a bit uh, other than talking to them on the phone. So the family, even though it's quite dispersed throughout the world, we do see each other. We do talk on a regular basis. We email each other just about daily. Mm -hmm. So we're very well connected. And do you really notice, a does the Mawad woman, does she change quite a lot in different regions? Is it is it quite a different woman or? 
Well, this, it's this it's the same sophisticated woman who's mm -hmm. looking for very special, extraordinary diamonds. Now, every region has a different taste. A typical set of this nature would be is more sellable in this part of the world in the Gulf countries than it is in other places. In some countries, they're looking for just maybe the ring mm -hmm. or very, very fancy diamond of some sort. So there are definitely different cultures and cultural differences, but otherwise it's the same sophisticated woman or gentleman who wants to own the best. And our tagline is she deserves nothing less. So, yeah, well, I was going to ask you about, um, about this specifically in this region why why is it here and why do you think women here would really love the dragon well for one our core markets are in the gulf countries we've been around as i said for 129 years old we are international we do sell to an international audience our origins are from this part of the world and we've been very active especially with the royal families in the gulf countries so the reason why we're launching in dubai is because most likely this amazing set will find its home here in the gulf countries if not i'm sure we'll find it elsewhere so we're launching the mawa dragon suite here in dubai it is going to make its way to asia in september for an exhibition called simply exceptional for members of royal families in that part of the world so it will travel until it finds its new owner mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me, let's let's talk about the the reason that we're all here. So the Mawa dragon itself, this let's start with the center stone. The center stone was found in early 2018 in Kimberley in Northern Cape in South Africa. It originally was 105 carats as a rough. Wow. We oh. took a chance. We wanted to polish the largest round vivid yellow diamond in the world. Um, as you can appreciate, getting a vivid yellow out of a rough is difficult, especially in the round. So we took chances by cutting it in a round shape. Typically, these fancy vivid yellows do not come in rounds because they lose color in the cutting process. But we said to ourselves, let's take a chance and try to get a vivid yellow out of this rough. Mm -hmm. And luckily, and sure enough, we got this spectacular vivid yellow. It weighs 54.21 carats. It's graded by the GIA as the largest vivid yellow in the world. Using the words, it is majestic. It's one of a lifetime experience that for us, for all of them. So it's a very, very unique diamond. Mm -hmm. And what we've done is collect other vivid yellow diamonds. So we have an oval, which is actually a deep yellow. We have over 50 carat plus cushion shape in the bracelet. We have a pair of 18 karat total weight in the earrings. So we gathered these diamonds, we created a layout, and it took us about three years to build this very spectacular set that's uh, very, very unique. And I would say I've never seen anything like it myself. Every time I look at it, I'm thrilled. It's very vibrant. It's very lively. It talks to me. And the set is unveiled today for the first time in Dubai, and it will make its way. And we've invited the very few members of the press, key members such as yourselves, to view it. Um, and it's most probably going to go viral in the next week or so. <laughs> yeah. Anyone will know about it. I agree. So that part of South Africa where you found the diamond, that's sort of renowned for yellow diamonds, is it not? Yes. So Kimberley is renowned for producing mm -hmm. large yellow diamonds. It's a region that's known for that. Mm -hmm. And that's where we bought it. We bought it through a tender. 
So okay. what happens is the miners will take those stones to tenders and people can come and bid. Mm -hmm. And so we bid and we acquired that center yellow diamond. The suite itself has 432 stones, over 425 carats of diamonds, of which 272 are white diamonds, 153 are yellow diamonds. And every diamond in the set is certified by the GIA. And we're very proud to say that the GIA is the best uh, geological lab in the world. As a matter of fact, their world headquarters is named after my father. It's the Robert Mowat campus, and that's located in California. So mm. we have a close association with the GIA. We've been supporting the industry, the educational side of the industry, for numerous decades. And why did you call it the dragon? Well, we started with that center stone. Uh, once we cut it, it's round. It was reminiscent of an Iowa dragon, and that's where the name dragon came about. It was so vibrant. It was so powerful that we associated with the eye of a dragon and as a matter of fact then we call the entire suite the mawa mm -hmm. dragon suite okay as an ensemble yeah so it took over six months to plan and cut how involved in each of those steps are you or your brothers so my brother fred is extremely involved mm -hmm. so he's in charge of sourcing these rough diamonds mm -hmm. And it's really something you cannot delegate. So we're extremely involved. Fred, a lot more than I am, because that's really his specialty. Mm -hmm. So from buying the rough, which is a big decision, to deciding what to cut out of the rough. Are we looking for a cushion versus a round? We decided to take the risk of a round. And that planning and cutting is definitely a lengthy process. You take it step by step. And we, as the owners, and Fred, as the core guardian of the Diamond Division, was extremely involved in every aspect of the cutting process, all the way to a certification. So, extremely involved is the answer. And what was the what was the kind of inspiration behind the pieces, and why did you want to make a ring and earrings and bracelets? I mean, what is it about having a set to go with the diamond? What what was the inspiration behind all that? So, our typically. Our extremely high-end customers, especially in the Gulf countries, look for four-piece sets. Okay. These sets typically go as gifts for weddings, for certain key occasions. And this market requires four-piece sets. So the reason why we end up building an ensemble is because our customers are looking for that. So oh, we could have set the stone itself in a ring, mm. but um, the fact that we've been able to collect these diamonds over time makes the set even more unique. Mm -hmm. Not only is the dragon very unique because it's the largest round Vividian and yellow in the world, but now it's part of a four-piece set with a large cushion over 50 carats, vivid yellow, a deep yellow over 30 carats. And so this makes this now makes the suite even more unique because literally you cannot replicate this at all. <laughs> yeah. Um when you look at this, do you have any ideas in mind of royals or maybe celebrities or someone that you could really see wearing it? I certainly do. As a matter of fact, we started marketing it to these people that we believe are mm -hmm. potential buyers. Unfortunately, I cannot share Confidential. the names. Confidential. Yes. Okay, so we've got to keep an eye out. Red carpets, weddings, we're going to be looking for this. Definitely, yes. <laughs> so we do have clients for these type of pieces. That's why we're in business because we craft... The extraordinary, we craft very special pieces that ultimately end up selling to people that are looking to collect those fine diamonds. Mm. So obviously this 
is a massive record-breaking piece, but this is not the first time you've created record-breaking pieces. What else? What else have you had so up your sleeve? We have six Guinness World Records. Wow. <laughs> Of which five actually are in the diamond world. Mm -hmm. One is in the hotel industry. So we own a hotel in Lebanon and it's called Grand Hills. It has the largest suite in the world. So over in total, over 60,000 square feet wow. in size. So it's a quite big suite. It's actually a palace. <laughs> but outside the hotel, uh, we have since 1990, my father at the time bought at auction the largest um, it was basically a pear-shaped diamond, modified pear-shaped diamond called Mawad Monolith. Mm -hmm. So that was the most expensive diamond purchased at auction. And then after this, in 2003, we unveiled the Victoria's Secret Fantasy Bra. We took it to Guinness World Record. It got certified as the most expensive lingerie in the world for a value of $11 million. Wow. And after this, in 2010, we unveiled the most expensive purse in the world, called the 1001 Nights Diamond Purse at a value of over three and a half million dollars. And in 2010, we unveiled the incomparable diamond necklace, the most expensive necklace in the world at $55 million. And after this recently, 2016, we unveiled the coffer, the most expensive box in the world. So we have five Guinness World Records under our belt, and we're currently working on hopefully the sixth one in our industry. Speaking of most expensive, how much are we talking here? This piece is so unique that we're not disclosing ah, the retail price, okay. but I can tell you it's in the tens of millions of dollars. I can imagine just by looking at it, it sort of yes. says that itself. So what? any immediate future plans for the brand that you can share with us? Well, the brand is very much staying on course of catering to the elite, to members of royal families around the world, and to crafting the extraordinary. So our course is very focused. We're going to continue to acquire exceptional diamonds. We're going to continue to cater these diamonds to those that want to own spectacular, magnificent diamonds and necklaces and suites and rings and so forth. So that's basically our strategy. Our DNA is the very high end. And as a company, we're going to continue to stay on course in that direction. Okay, amazing. And lastly, what are you up to whilst you're here? We want to know where where are your favorite restaurants to go to? Do you even have time to go out or, or are you working the whole time? Of course, you know, uh, I do have time at nighttime during the day. I'm typically very busy mm -hmm. with the business, but at nighttime I do like to go out in Dubai. Mm -hmm. I think the restaurants, everyone knows them, whether it's Roberto's for Italian or mm. Zuma for Japanese. Zuma's my Koya. absolute favorite. Yeah, Koya is a good one, you know, that I like to go to. I do like Nobu because I travel around the world, so mm -hmm. I go to Nobu at the Atlantis from time to time. But these are typically the restaurants that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, are here in Dubai. I went last night to a place called Opa, Greek. The Greek one, yeah. It's a new one. Did I you smash was, a plate? I smashed more than one plate. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of plates were smashed that night, nice. last night. So it was fun. So yeah, it's a handful of restaurants that everyone mm. goes to. So these are the ones that I typically go to as well and dine. Do you ever have any time to do any other touristy things? In Dubai? Yeah, desert safari, Burj Khalifa. 
Well, I love one. Dubai. I think Dubai is an amazing city. Mm. Uh, we've been headquartered here for quite some time. I own a home here. So I very much enjoy coming to Dubai. Uh, it's, the, the city has transformed tremendously mm. under the leadership of Sheikh. It's been just a, an amazing city to, to live in. I do go sightseeing from time to time uh, when I have friends or basically or tourists or clients coming from out of town. Of course, in the summer, it's a little more difficult, but during the nice mm. weather, I have gone safari, I take the boat out. So I definitely enjoy the Dubai, Dubai life, life uh, during the high season, 100%. So I very much enjoy coming here and being a tourist from time to time because there's a lot to see. Well, on that note, that's a nice note to end on. Thank you so much for speaking to me today and showing us this amazing piece. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for allowing me to talk to you. Thank you again for listening. If you want to hear more from Elizabeth and I, then make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well as rate, review and share it. And we'll see you again next week.